0: Primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on V-CEN, the sports betting network.
5: It is Visa's primetime action live on a Monday night from the South Point Hotel Casino, tip of the strip. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Ben Wilson in for the vacationing and recovering Kelly Bidlin. What is he recovering for you from? You ask. We're gonna—I don't know—business decision. <laughs> Sun- sunlight. 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 That's right. Or something like that. Uh, We got playoff hockey tonight. Not just playoff hockey. We got game seven between Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers for the right to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup Eastern Conference. Final best of seven, and of course a smattering of baseball. I don't know why they didn't do more day games on Memorial Day. It was. I
6: thought we were going to have nothing tonight. I don't know why. And and then I checked in and I was like, oh, never mind. Why is baseball so dumb? We have things, Gil. Yes. We actually do have things. Mm -hmm. Uh, 7-10 Eastern. Nationals the Mets. Eric Fetty against David Peterson. Peterson and the Mets are minus 195 home favorites. Uh Fetty and the Nationals plus 165. Underdogs nine is your total. 710 Eastern Orioles and Red Sox. Tyler Wells for the Orioles. Rich Hill for the Red Sox. Sox are minus 170 home favorites, plus 150 on the Orioles as road underdogs, a flat 10 your total there 740 eastern the brewers and aaron ashby versus the cubs and drew smiley uh, 130 minus 130 on ashby and the brewers as road favorites plus 110 on smiley and the cubs as home underdogs 10 and a half your total 805 eastern we have drew rasmussen for the rays and glenn otto for for the Rangers Uh, the Rays are minus 145 road favorites plus 125 on the Rangers as home underdogs a flat eight is your total I took a piece of the Rays at minus 140 in this one a little bit earlier today Glenn Otto started out fairly decent for this Rangers team but then his his you know the advanced stats caught up with him and it showed that he was kind of a little bit of a smoke and mirrors guy and that's what he's shown here over the last few starts and you know, I believe this rays team kind of rounding into form here. Some of those younger guys really starting to contribute. So I took a piece of them at, at minus 140 tonight. Uh, 810 Eastern, the Braves and the Diamondbacks. We got Spencer Strider for the Braves and Zach Gallen for the Diamondbacks. The Braves and Strider are a minus 120 road favorite in this one, even money on Gallen in the Diamondbacks. Eight and a half. Is your total and then one last 10 10 Eastern, 7 10 Pacific first pitch? That's the Pirates and the Dodgers. Zach Thompson for Pittsburgh and Walker Bueller there for the Dodgers. Minus 365 on Bueller and the Dodgers, plus 280 Man. on Thompson and the Pirates. Eight and a half is your total. So we are, we are. Quarter of the season in here, Gilder. Minus 365 <laughs> favorites going on in this thing. Of course, we have a big game seven tonight in the NHL at eight Eastern. Rangers and the Carolina Hurricane or Hurricanes, if you will. Uh, minus one, about minus 145, minus 150-ish. Um, you will find on Carolina. If you want in New York, it is you can about you can find a plus one thirty-five out there if you shop around. About typically one thirty at most of the books.
5: Uh, sad news in the NFL today. Arizona Cardinals corner, uh, cornerback Jeff Gladney uh, dies in an apparent car accident. That, according to his agent. Uh, he was 25 years old. He uh, was among two people who died in the crash that, according to affiliates in Dallas, Texas, Uh, He was entering the third season of his NFL career, was Gladney, after playing college football at TCU. The Vikings drafted him in the first round in 2020, but the team released him ahead of the 2021 season. So age 25, Jeff Gladney passes away. Uh, Baseball, no artful way to segue from that. Uh, The Brewers put right-handed pitcher Brandon Woodruff on IL on the IL today, retroactive to May 28th, with a high ankle sprain. That on the heels of uh, Freddie Peralta missing or was going to miss a chunk of the season with him. So the Brewers with uh, big starters no longer in the lineup right now, no yeah, longer that in the is, rotation.
6: That's not great for my 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 win total bet that I have on them. That said, they did uh, there was a doubleheader today against the Cubs. They did win that first uh, the first game in that doubleheader today, seven to six. Against the Cubs, um, Josh Hader, seventeenth save already today Jeez. for for that Brewers team. So seventeen saves for Josh Hader. Cue the already. Um, cue the Josh Hader Cy Young talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not too long. I mean, listen, it's not going to be too long if he, if, we're, if this guy gets on pace to have 50, 50 plus saves or something. It'll be it'll be quite interesting. Uh, Tigers take care of the Twins today, seven to five. A little bit earlier as well and then the Cardinals six to three winners over the Padres in uh in that one if you take a look at neither neither starting pitcher all that uh, great here in this Cardinals Padres game but uh, some of the relievers come in for the uh, for the Cardinals and at least hold the Padres down so, uh, packing Naughton only lasted two and a third inning actually for the Cardinals in this one but they were able to piece together a nice win uh Paul Goldschmidt Yet another hit again in this one, 352 average on the season, 418 OBP, uh, that hit being a home
5: run. Looking, of course, at the uh, list of folks who have won the Cy Young Award, AL and NL through the years, who was the last reliever to win this? It's been years. Eric Gagne, 2003, I believe is the answer to that question. And as I'm looking down, you know who won a— <laughs> I forgot that R.A. Dickey won a Cy Young in 2012. Oh, yeah. I used to bet yeah. on him all the time.
2: Ridiculous. Oh. Remember that? Yeah. R.A. Like, Diculous. R.A. The knuckleball, nobody could hit it. it amazing. Yeah. 2012.
5: Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday.
6: We don't have any prominent knuckleballer in the league right now, do we? No, yeah, we don't. We don't. No. no. You have to throw 100 now.
5: No Necros, no Wakefields. No, you have
6: to throw 100. Everyone just throws 100 instead. Yeah, yeah. Standard. Instead, I'll just throw 100.
5: So last night, man, the biggest thing of the weekend. I know you had bigger bigger bets going on, as did I. But in terms of uh, where most people had their money, Game 7 of the Celtics and the Heat in Miami. Uh, the, the game started with the, uh, with the Celtics about a three-point consensus close favorite, two and a half in some spots as well. That was the second time in the last 20 Game 7s in the NBA that, uh, excluding the bubble, by the way, in 2020, that was in uh, Walt Disney World, that the home team wasn't favored. The other was Houston in the 2018 Western Conference Finals, second time in the last 20 Game 7s. Uh, Rockets were riddled with injuries in 2018. That's why that was the case. Yesterday, not, not so much. The Heat did have their big stars in terms of uh, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and Bam out of Biowall all going. But the Celtics get it done, 196. They do cover in the process. The Celtics led by as many as 17. They led by 15 at the end of the first quarter. They led by 13 with 3.30 left. They led by 9 with under two minutes left. And somehow, Jimmy Butler ends up with the rock in his hands with 17 seconds left, down two, and lets it fly. No good. You had no problem with the shot. No. I didn't no, either. No? No. I mean,
6: well, and he had to be the one to take it. Yep. I mean, like, so it all, it all just went the way that you know it had to go it just didn't go in I mean listen this is a guy that went for 35 in the game uh played all 48 minutes in the game as well um what can you say uh, about Jimmy Butler there I mean it's it was a an unbelievable performance out of him a great series out of him as well I do think the better team ended up winning I think the more complete team anyway ended up winning in this one but man it is uh It's certainly going to be one of those deals where I'm looking probably at that at the Warriors team in Game One, strictly based off of the Celtics put a lot, you know, they 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 put a lot of minutes in in this series, and there weren't a lot of coast, you know, a lot of coast minutes in this in this one either. Even though there was a big lead at at at, uh, at one juncture, I mean, you still had Tatum had to play 46 minutes in this one, Brown had to play 44 minutes in this one, Smart had to play 41 minutes in this one. So we talk about that rest advantage that. You know, some people were saying maybe they didn't watch, but right, uh, with the right. Warriors, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's going to play you know big time dividends. Even Horford, who didn't have a great game from a point perspective, he did have 14 rebounds. I mean, he put in 44 minutes as well. So, I mean, this team is certainly going to be uh, certainly going to be fatigued heading into the, the finals.
5: Horford apparently guaranteed five million dollars now that he's gotten to the NBA Finals in in future earnings Good on per him. per his contract. Good uh, young, young Ben Wilson and I were throwing this around this morning as well, which was. And this has nothing to do with betting, although if you had a bet, it certainly affected your mood at the time. What about that that strange period in the, early in the third quarter? Strews hits the three to cut the lead to two, 56-54. And if you're a Heat backer or a Heat fan, you're like, oh, yes, this is the closest they've gotten since the beginning of the game. This is amazing. Celtics have a 9-1 to run. And then Jeff Van Gundy sort of throws in, in his hoarse voice, by the way, it's totally doesn't mm. have COVID, totally doesn't yeah. have it. Uh, he's like, oh, that's a big announcement that just came over. Apparently that Strews three didn't count. And so instead of it going from like a two-point game in, you know, in one thought, then there's this nine-to-one run plus the three. All of a sudden, they're getting crushed again, the Heat. Ten minutes of real time before we were yeah. told that that didn't count. Did that like sort of... We, I mean, it, it kind of took away from the moment for me. Like I was like, "Oh wow, this is, this is a crummy way to find out about yeah. this. Shouldn't happen immediately."
6: Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't aware that. I guess I just wasn't aware that they sat there and reviewed all this stuff in the here. home office, and then w- would come back retroactively and make these corrections and stuff. I mean, the the pragmatic person in me says like, "Get it right. I don't care, whatever you know, and all this stuff." Were like you one hundred
5: percent right that it was right though? Even. <laughs>
6: I don't. I mean, I assume they have better, you know, access to replays and stuff than we do, to where they would feel like that that call needed to be changed or whatever or something like that. So I don't, I don't really know. But yeah, man, I, I, I'm always we're always team get it right. You know, that's why we talk about. But that being said, it's like that's that long into it. Right. And like that big of a delay, it did just kind of go, oh, I do like, uh, you know, and it's bolster handled it. Well, I think, you know, he post, did. post 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 games, like, listen, that's not the reason we lost. Right. I mean, like, you know, it is, what it, but he's like, you do when you're down eight and you look up and then you're down 11 or whatever. You're just kind of like, oh, well, that's, it, that's not Yeah. Good. They, they got to yeah. fix that. Yeah. That
5: That's a, a particular kind of deflating. Yeah. But they kept coming back. The heat did time and time again and just fell short. Um. The Butler miss and the Celtics subsequent rebound. Pretty much Katie barred the door at that point. Celtics 100, the Heat 96. Game one Thursday night in San Francisco where the Warriors are three and a half point favorites in game one and about a minus 150 series favorite. Um, Should be fascinating. The series we all wanted to see, that's for sure. Um, And we will uh, be betting accordingly. I got the Warriors future. You have any futures left? I do not. I'm do- I do not. I will have to see how this game one goes. Okay. All right. We'll come back. John Legeza from the Mayo Media Network. Some baseball talk next. VEASAN's Primetime Action. At bed
0: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: Back on primetime, Gil, Matt, and Ben Wilson. And for Kelly Bidlin tonight, they were just showing Jim Palmer doing the uh, Orioles' uh, Red Sox game up there at Fenway. That dude hasn't aged a day.
6: He he has held up well.
5: He is a well-preserved. What is he? He's got to be 70-something now, Palmer, uh right? Check so it out. He's ben Wilson.
6: About, he's he's going to be un, unhappy about that. Oh, what happened? That was bad.
5: 76, Gil. 76 years old. Jim Palmer, who I believe was a 20-game winner about eight different times, if I'm not mistaken. My Orioles uh, bank of knowledge somewhere in my brain tells me that. But uh, just just uh, didn't win 300 games in the end, though. Fell short of 300, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, out at the plate. That's what yeah. he's not going to be happy about. Uh, Orioles and Red Sox dueling it out at Fenway, one nothing game. John Legesa from the Mayo Media Network. He also writes for the Athletic. He's got his own media that he uh, provides on a daily basis. How you doing, John?
3: Hey guys, what's up, my guys? Good to see you. man.
5: Host of Corked Stats, by the way, on the Mayo Media Network. Uh, you Thank listen. You. Let, let me go through. I just want to point this out, John, because I think uh, I think I'm speaking your language when I bring when I bring this up right here today. Um, Jordan Alvarez, 469-foot ding-dong against the A's. Uh, Jesus Sanchez, 496 feet. Um, that ball's not dead anymore, is
3: it? What do you got? You looked at a whole bunch of power stats today, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is something you and I have now. I'm I mean, really thank you for platforming me for this because it really is an ongoing conversation that needs nuance and back testing. And now we're seeing some of those inferences that you and I laid out there a couple weeks ago kind of come to fruition at least a little bit, right? The hints are there, and I think, gosh, five million feet worth of home runs is a good hint <laughs> that we're on the way. And it's, again, right, it's something you and I spoke about that Major League Baseball has not been transparent so we have to kind of do the jurassic park frog dna thing and kind of fill in the gaps they said the ball was the same but they told us that the humidors were now everywhere we know humidors are directly related to the weather in particular air pressure and then we knew the ball had the race seams and all that so there were a few moving pieces You and I spoke about this. We needed to be tracking the weather. April was not only unusually cold, but it was being hosted in a plethora of cold cities. Don't ask me why we're playing outdoor ball in Minnesota. Listen, I love you people up there in Minneapolis, but I don't know how we're going to play baseball at the end of November if you ever make the World Series. That being said, the cold weather was hurting the ball. And I just decided I wanted to see these stats. And a lot of it is starting to show. I took last year's all the big power stats, your fly ball rate, home run per fly ball rate, barrels, just everything. And you could see that we've basically, long story short, is we've now seen a rebound and it's, it's kind of hard to describe really. It's almost this snap rebound gentlemen, almost like we were trying to hold the beach ball underwater. And the longer you hold it underwater, water, when you release it, boom, there she goes. And that's kind of what we've seen. These rebounds, like I said, not just the standard increase, but we've now caught back up to where we've been in the past. So until the books start moving those totals back up to where they should be, meaning the F fives should be four and a halfs and not f- and fives, opposed to the three and a halfs and fours we're seeing now. So that's the edge. The ball, its not so much the ball; it's the humidity, it's the air, it's everything. But yes, offense is back, baby.
6: <laughs> John, we got a first pitch coming here in uh, just under an hour. Braves and the Diamondbacks, and you are looking at the dog in this one.
3: Well, as I often am, you know, you you bet for so long, you go through it all, and you know losing is part of it. And it's much easier to stomach losing and winning when the price is in your favor. I just hate chasing juice, especially when I believe that we have the pitching edge, which I think we do. I also believe I think there's a bit of I hate using the shiny new toy thing, but I think there is a bit of that. Spencer Strider pitching for the Braves, and don't get me wrong, he is excellent. Two, two, two ERA, one flat whip. 39% K rate jumping off the page, but 11% walk rate. And he's maxed out at four innings and 69 pitches. And that was two and a half weeks ago. So we can't just expect perpetual continuity, you know, continuation, I should say, as far as workload. So I think it, we'd be lucky if it goes two times, two innings, I should say, maybe one time through. Other side, Zach Gallon looks like a bona fide ace 2.22 ERA, .83 WHIP, and my favorite term—he's a grill master. Perfect for Memorial Day, right? He keeps it low, he keeps it slow. Those ribs are falling off the bone. 47% <laughs> ground ball, a 22% hard hit rate. We see that materialized in less than one half of a home run per nine innings. The changeup and the curve both have 30% whiff rates. Only two home runs due today, and the, the Arizona offense, which again, you know, the public kind of weds these narratives to teams—they're not bad. Top three Major League Baseball year-to-date, gentlemen, in walk rate and chase rate. Those are disciplinary stats that are very hard to fake. And if we look in a little more as they've gotten healthier, top five in the league in hard hit rate and barrel last seven days. And interestingly enough, they're going to have nine left-handed hitters in the lineup to start. I just I love the plus money, and I think we have the edge. I think Gallon outlasts Strider. Arizona bullpen's been very good. I think Arizona is a, is a hit On the F5, I think they win it outright. And you could even cash that plus half run because they're the current underdog that we've talked about earlier in the season.
5: John, we're going to need you to step up the energy on the show tonight. We feel like it's lacking from you on this one. I'm kidding. (laughs) <laughs> totally joking. I, I mean I uh,
3: live in the red line. You know, like I, I think I was born I was born in the red line, like falling out of a plane, I think.
5: Uh, <laughs> man, so listen, this is this I like this play coming up here. So the Dodgers, we were just talking, Matt and I and, okay, and Ben, yeah. we were just talking the Dodgers are minus 350 favorites tonight against the Pirates. Okay, understood. Dodgers, Walker Bueller, home game, pirates. We get it. Uh, but there's more than one ways to bet a baseball game, more than one yeah. way to do so. You are taking the buckos uh, and you're being creative about this. How are you playing? It?
3: Yes. Yes. And I think, yeah, Gil, you do such a good job at this. You should think about doing this professionally. No. So it's, it's a truth, everybody. We can, you can bet underdogs without being greedy. And I'm saying, looking for the win. I mentioned price at the outset, we're getting plus plus one hundred and sixty on the F five run line. Meaning, This is just a race to 15 outs. Let's see if I can compel you at this. I don't know how good of an argument I'm going to make, but let's try. (laughs) Zach Thompson. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, so here's the bad. The surface stats, 5.5 ERA, 1-4 whip, plus 6 deserve the array, single-digit K-minus walk, and a very poor reverse split. 299 Wobit to lefties, which is excellent. 374 to righties, not so much. The good, on the year, mind you, 36% chase rate, which is well above average. He's also a grill master, 44 ground ball, 25 hard hit. You can't fake that kind of funk. Check this out. He lost his rotation spot, I believe, four games in. He worked out of the bullpen. They worked on a pitch mix adjustment. He ditched the four-seamer, which was his worst pitch. And since then, it's only four games, two three seven ERA, one flat whip. The butt here is Dodgers, right? And the other side, listen, Walker Buehler, Texas Ranger, is excellent. My beef has been the four-seamer, something I've covered in the offseason. Now, granted, his secondary pitches are so good that it helps to cover it up. I think if the back door is open and letting a little bit of crack light in, it's a one six seven ERA on the road, a plus four ERA at home for Walker Bueller. Nine earned runs in the last six. In innings and that fastball that was 97 two years ago is now at 95 that's two full ticks maybe worth worrying about the pittsburgh offense is kind of hard to put lipstick on that pig but they are pretty disciplined they don't chase and the lefties are hitting so we're gonna need a big hit from van meter or Sewinsky. man am i digging deep guys or what give me pittsburgh f5 run line i don't know if we'll be ahead but i wouldn't be shocked if it's 0-0 or one one through five
6: Camilla Duvall either just got a save or his dog died. I was one you of and, the two. We are,
5: dude, we are sharing a brain. Oh, in I, my head, I was literally just thinking to myself, do I interrupt before Matt's question or do I wait till Matt <laughs> finishes his question with John to say, Camilla Duvall, my line was gonna be Camilla Duvall just wanna just saved a game for the Giants and acted, it was like, it's like when the person in front of you in the fast food line leaves prematurely and you still haven't decided on your order, you're like yeah. Um, yeah.
6: He, I was like, he, I can't tell. Yeah, I was like, I can't tell if he saved that game or if his dog died. One of the two. Like, I, I don't know exactly what, so what just great. what just happened. That's awesome, right there. Holy mackerel, uh, John. A little bit last week, we talked about uh, you know whether the Cardinals, you know, with, with all those young guys, were going to be able to make a run at the Brewers. And since we had that conversation, the Brewers have had some bad uh, some bad news come in their direction. Now, if we were if we were even minimally inclined to play the Cardinals last week. Is this where we have to pounce now because maybe this price at, you know, at plus 275, 250 or something like that for the NL Central uh, might be gone considering what the, what the brewers are dealing with now?
3: Yeah, I would definitely have to say yes, and I'm – they normally don't do this and they have not telegraphed it, but I do believe the Cardinals are going to add at the break. And when looking forward, that's really the very first thing I always tell people. A lot of times we they look for teams that are overperforming, but sometimes bad teams that overperform then just start to jettison any viable pieces. The Cardinals are not that. That offense Already looks like a, a a World Series contender. I believe they're a starter short because even the bullpen looks pretty good, man. But yeah, and you you want to be, really you want to be in front of that bet before they add the starter because if they go and add even a Herman Marquez or somebody from the Rockies, that's not going anywhere. That price is going to move overnight, you know.
5: John, we appreciate it as always, man. Thank Thanks you, so man. much. Thanks, John Leguiza, everybody who uh, once again, uh, MLB writer for the Athletic. Uh, host of Cork Stats on the Mayo Media Network. You can follow him on Twitter at MLB Moving Average. That's A V G in his Twitter handle. So funny about Kabila So funny. was like he's like, yeah, I just want to. Uh, we just won another Major League Baseball <sighs> game. I wonder what's for dinner. It's just casually almost, blowing yeah. a bubble as he's <laughs> it's
6: walking just, to the. <laughs>
4: it's awesome.
5: Are you into the college baseball World Series at all? By the way, do you bet that at all? Not really. Um, ben and I are. Uh, We're doing segments aplenty during the morning show. We'll come back. Jake Hahn will join us, talk hockey, some serious prices in basketball, too. Next.
0: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
5: The Visa Summer Special is here for only $39. You get everything Visa has to offer from now to the end of July. Next few months, it's going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at Visa.com and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's Daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Autob will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets, and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full Vison experience, which features a daily Best Bets email, every edition of Points Red Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VSN.com slash Summer forty nine thirty seven
6: for our Canadian friends up there. Hmm. Huh. Forty nine thirty seven going down, isn't it? Yeah, our American dollar week.
5: Week? Yeah, American dollar week. Ben, who did you say got snubbed in the uh, college uh, so- college baseball selection Monday today?
2: North Carolina State, who were uh, they were forced out in the college world series because of COVID last year, and they were projected pretty safely in the field. Did not get in today of the field of sixty four. Hmm.
5: What is that? Politics, money, that kind of thing.
2: You're going to have to ask the guy sitting to your right that question. <laughs> former, we're sitting, former baseball star Matt We're sitting Brown. here watching. We're sitting here watching Jose Ramirez. And like, you
6: know, listen, we're not in the tank for him. I don't have a ticket on him. Gil doesn't have nope. a ticket on him. Ben, you don't either, right?
2: No. Nope.
6: And, and, and I'm sitting here going, am I an idiot? Like, I mean, he j- I guess eventually they will just stop pitching him or like giving him anything to hit so maybe it would be a, a waste of a ticket here because the rest of the team isn't very good but I mean you just look at this guy who's nearly hitting 300 nearly a 400 OBP slugging over 630 a WOBA of 434 WRC plus a 192 like every single thing that you would look at in a player and be like this guy has to be the MVP of the league at this point in the season right and it's just you know I mean Unfortunately Mike Trout is a is a person right now and Aaron Judge is a person right now. But um <laughs> it's a person. you know, he's yes, he's behind right. yeah, he's behind those guys, but not very far. And you just kinda take a look at, at everything that he's putting up. I feel I feel dumb that I don't have a ticket on him, but maybe we do get to a point where Cleveland's just not good
5: enough. That's what I'm saying. How much of that has to do with the Guardians being nineteen and twenty four, yeah, being seven games out of first place, yeah. you know, not really going anywhere. Lost seven of the last ten. You know, I, mean, you yep. I felt the same way. By that that same motivation, am I just stupid is why I got a Mookie ticket finally yep. yesterday. I, I, did the, I did the same thing. <laughs> when, like, I, when, I texted,
6: when, I, when I texted you yeah. that night, I just was like, all right, it's, you know, I'm doing it here. I, I can't argue way. with the numbers anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, I just can't do it.
5: Uh, U.S. Open. Actually, U.S. Open. French Open. <laughs> French Open. Uh, we are into the quarters. Or as I like to call it, the business end of the tournament. I'm pretty sure I'm not the first guy that said that. Um, and we had uh, some drama today in that Iga lost a set, which is massive news. Uh, she won her 32nd match in a row against a uh, Chinese teenager, Kinwen Zhang, who we have bet on a few times on a numbers game. A really good player. But uh, Iga dropped a set and then came back and won the next two. She's won 32 matches in a row in 46 of her last 48 sets. So that was a big deal. Um, And people were getting all uh, frisky about it. They thought, oh, could this be it? But he advances to the quarters. Three Americans in the quarters. Jesse Pagula, who Eagle will will play next. And then tomorrow, Sloane Stephens plays Coco Gauff on the women's side. But, of course, the big thing tomorrow is not only Alcaraz versus Sasha Zverev, but Rafa versus (laughs) Djokovic. Like the Champions League final on Saturday, it's the biggest sporting event in the world tomorrow. And Djokovic is north of a $2 favorite. You want any part of Rafa, Ben?
2: I I don't. I don't. I, I don't. don't know about you. No. I I don't. I mean, the only thing I was considering was the the total, but it it's like 38 and a half. So it's a pretty steep that's a pretty steep price to pay on a total in men's tennis. Yeah. If you're if you're wanting to go over. So that's that was the only thing I was considering.
5: Not a bad consideration.
2: I mean, yeah. you have to think it's not going to be straightforward either way even if Djokovic wins i
5: mean the underdogs won 13 of these things
2: so only 13 yeah
6: um still obviously easily hurt her her tournament to lose and all that but the the losing the set today previous match was pretty shaky actually even with she had, ego
5: should a, a shaky second yeah. set yeah yeah
6: like was, was actually pretty shaky any any nerves there at
5: all about about that I, was, I wasn't the, the one against both of these players. Um, it was Danko Kovinich and Kim Wen-Jang. There was a little voice in my head on both of them. that like, oh, they could mess around with mm-hmm. her a little bit. Uh, I don't think that Jesse Pagula can do that in the quarters, by the way. But to answer your question, I think Iga probably is starting to feel the pressure of being not only the world number one, but being such a massive favorite in every match, and especially on this surface. Like I think this kind of goes away at Wimbledon, right? Where she's like, "Oh, I'm, mm. it's gravy." No one, I'm not necessarily expected to win, but yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. Let, let's put it this way: of the re- thing is, of the remaining players, who could beat her? Right. I guess that's because I had a a buddy ask me that me that
6: yesterday. You know, huge tennis fan or something. I was like, if. If the field had not been completely dismantled already, yes. like maybe I would say, yeah, okay, you know, a little bit shaky in that last one, drops a set today. like Maybe like not completely invincible like I thought heading into this thing. But, yeah, the field's just been so whittled away that I just don't know of anyone that is, is any sort of real, real threat. And
5: then every time you think of someone, then they get knocked out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, now the new person for me is, okay, well, if Lila played her, Leela Fernandez, she's gritty enough to give her, you know, some, some toughness. And Kasat Kina has really good numbers. But, you know, I'm just making conversation at yep. that point. Yeah, You're just asking me a question. I'm just giving you, like, the best possible answer. Ega minus 330 to win it all now in uh, the quarters on the women's side. And, of course, tomorrow, uh, big, big two matches, obviously, was Verev and Alcaraz and Djokovic and Nadal. And on the other side, no more Tsitsipas. He's done. Yes. So we'll see what comes out of the other side. Medvedev losing today as well.
2: Rune. The Rune Man, Holger a- Vitas Nodskov Rune, great, great, great tennis name right there. It's the court. Oh, so impressive. Yeah. So, oh, so impressive. Um, that's
6: either a good tennis name or a, like a Game of Thrones name as exactly. well. Exactly.
2: I was thinking the same thing.
6: Yeah, it's more like Game of Thrones right there, right? I mean, hit that they will they will be stealing a knockoff of that whenever they do the inevitable prequel or sequel or whatever they do to that show because it was so massive. Like that's gonna happen. Did you For watch sure. that show? Yeah.
5: You did. Yeah, I yeah.
2: didn't
6: watch a single second of I it.
2: Mean. Yeah. I watched it. It was one of those yeah. things where, like, once you're pot committed, though, you yep. have to kind of yeah. finish it. Yep.
6: Oh, yep. I you felt the same way with Ozark. Like, You can't get... watch two seasons of any yeah. of those and then just give it.
5: Yeah. It's just kind of like you're in. You're in. Ozark, I watched. Ozark, I got into. Although I thought the last couple seasons sort of okay. off a cliff.
2: You? No? I mean, it took. It, I only watched it because it took place an hour from where I went to college. So it was. A, it was a great, a lot of great stereotyping on uh, rural Missourians, which I really enjoyed. So very accurate.
5: Uh, all right, here are the uh, NBA Finals series markets that you should know about. Again, the NBA Finals begins on Thursday at the Chase Center in San Francisco with the Warriors in their sixth final in eight years, trying to win their fourth title in eight years against the Celtics, who are in their first NBA Finals since the year 2010 trying to win their first title since the year 2008. The Warriors are minus 50 series favorites. Celtics plus 130 coming back at DraftKings. You see the total games in the middle with the long shot being a sweep on either end and the short shot being a full seven game series. And then you see series spreads on the left, correct outcomes on the right with the Warriors in seven being the short shot, the Celtics in six right behind that. Celtics sweep the long shot. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) It is the expression of someone. We finally get.
6: It's just. It's just. We finally get what we keep begging for, and we and I missed it. We missed a Mount Castle. uh, Mount Castle missile. Oh, we did. Yeah, I know.
5: Do you you know the story about Mount Castle? No.
6: He he hits home run every single time we do a show. If we if we
5: if we somehow were able to document during the span of primetime action, who has hit the most homers? It's not Judge. It's not Guerrero. It's not Shohei. It's Mount Castle. It's,
6: It's Mount Castle, and. We just we every time he comes up, we're just like We're, ready. we're like Mountcastle, but he didn't. But he didn't. He he, he hit it, and we didn't. And we missed it. Um, I'm, this could completely backfire on me. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the Celtics to likely lose Game One, and then probably and, and try to play a bigger number on them after Game One. Look, I think that they lose Game One. Like I said, you you look at those minutes. All those – every one of those starters played just super, super heavy minutes. And, yeah, I understand. They're young, but it's late in the season. You play these 44, 45, 46-minute games, and specifically, you know, uh, against a – at this level of competition that they were getting with the heat and stuff, like, I I just don't see how they bounce back in game one. Now, look, if they win, then – you know my, my theory goes to hell and my st- strategy goes to hell, but um, I, I'm going to, to to wait. I think they lose game one and then try and look at the Celtics somewhere to, at a much bigger price for the series. Yeah, could backfire.
5: Yeah, but backfire in the sense that you just won't have a bet.
6: Yeah, I just want. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah I just watch the series and, and enjoy it.
2: Yeah, There's yeah. a the strategy. And some people do these these series doubles, which DraftKings now offers, where it's like plus 350 if you want to say. Warriors to win game one, Celtics to win the series. But I mean, that's essentially, you're just, I mean, it's a, essentially a parlay there. So I don't know why you'd really want to commit yourself to that. Because now, now you have to have the first outcome happen. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just, yeah, if you wait, you're not burning that money. So. I, don't, I don't hate that. Yeah. It's not a bad number. I no, mean, plus 350. Because
5: you could argue there's correlation, right? Teams that go up one to nothing win whatever yep. X percent of the time, right? I don't dislike that. But I'm sure they've crunched the numbers far more than I have to offer those. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, good on DraftKings, though, for having options available. Warriors in, uh, let's see here. Warriors in 5 is plus 450. Warriors in 6 is plus 550. Plus 550 is the number I have them on uh, to win the title, so I'm going to stay away. Coming back, Jake Hahn talking hockey with us. Game 7, about 20 minutes away in Carolina.
0: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot. At grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes, head to DraftKings.com Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms, conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What you doing over there? I'm ready to talk some hockey. Oh, okay. I was wondering, you I'm do, ready. When you do stuff with a flourish. I'm ready.
6: I mean, this is, this is game seven. Yes. LGR.
5: LGR. Jake Hans, co-host of The uh, Point, the fantasy hockey show on Sirius XM, host of the uh, fantasy hockey pick and bets for the Mayo Media Network. Jay Han four on Twitter. How you doing, Jake?
9: Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Anytime there's a game seven, it just makes Monday so much easier, right? We all yes. get the case of the Monday sometimes, no matter what line of work you're in. And a game seven always just makes it a little bit better. So I, I know you brought me in there with the LGR. It seems like Rangers fans are ready to go as well. I've seen some videos from pregame skate, and there's Ranger fans lining the boards in Carolina already starting the Let's Go Rangers chant, so it should be a really fun atmosphere in Raleigh tonight.
5: Yeah, but Jake, the the uh, the home road split that everybody's talking about, my God, you can't get past the home road split. Can you explain to me what your take is on that? Because the hockey playoffs are traditionally quite random, yet the Hurricanes have this thing, right? They, they win at home, they lose on the road. We get it. But isn't that random Do you buy into it? And to what degree do you buy into it?
9: Well, you're right. There is an extent of randomness in hockey in general, and especially in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's shocking that we're at this point, and you know, we're one game from the conference final, whoever's going to win tonight, and the Canes still haven't won uh, a road game and still haven't lost a home game. And they were a team I had actually targeted coming into the playoffs as one of those home road split type, t- type teams, a team that I'm willing to back when they're on home ice and that I'm willing to fade on the road. Now, I didn't think it was going to work out exactly like this, where you know it's been perfect across the board if you're fading Carolina on the road and you're backing them on home ice but they're a matchup driven team they're a team that likes to roll four lines they don't necessarily rely on their horses and their top guys they're not reliant on the power play they're reliant on a on a nice five on five hockey game get the flow going and Rod Brendamore trusts all four of those lines so I think on home ice that's what gives them such an advantage but you would think at some point a bad bounce will go their way or you run into a hot goaltender and you lose a home game but to this point they've been clean uh, clean at home in Raleigh, Jake. Let's uh, let's
6: start looking at your betting card here for the evening, and let's start with the total. You are looking for this one to be on the lower scoring end.
9: Yeah, I mean, if you guys have followed this series, and I know you have, you know, it's been an under type series, and and we projected that coming in with the way that the Canes are perfectly comfortable playing like a two nothing. 2-1, 3-1 style of hockey game. We know what the Rangers have with Igor Shosturkin and that one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. They're also comfortable playing that style. And the three games we've seen in Carolina have been very low scoring. We've only seen one over in this series in terms of over five goals. Uh, and it came on Saturday night at MSG. And I felt like the three games at MSG were a little bit more open and conducive to an over. But the games in Carolina have been really tight. You look at the shots on goal. They've been very low event games. Both teams getting in the shooting lane. So, I think if it stays five-on-five, five, if the refs put the whistles away and, and the crew that we have tonight is a crew that does usually let the you know put the whistles away and let the boys play a little bit, I think if it stays five-on-five, five, it's going to be tough to score in this series. The Rangers actually only have one five-on-five on five goal in the three games in Carolina. They'll obviously be looking to change that tonight, and they need their big guys to step up, but I think it's going to be tough to generate offense five-on-five five tonight.
5: Do you worry ever, Jake, an under in a situation like this where, you know, if it's— I don't know what the score is, if it's, uh, you know, three to nothing, let's say. And the team that's trailing just decides, you know, it doesn't matter if we lose by 15 here. We're going to pull our goaltender with 10 minutes left in this hockey game. Do you worry about that in a situation like this, playing it under?
9: Yeah, I think anytime you take an under, especially this year in the NHL, uh, Gil, I think you bring up a good point because this is something that I was tracking all season. We are seeing teams pull their goaltenders at times that we're not used to. And, you know, you're down three goals with six, seven minutes left. And, you know, it probably cost a lot of people some unders throughout the course of the regular season. And it it definitely made me shy away from NHL unders for the most part. But I'm willing to take the, take the risk in a game like this. I don't think that we're going to see a blowout tonight. I think it's going to be a one-goal game I project it probably 2-1 going into the third period for somebody. So you could get a scenario where you get a couple of empty netters late and it hurts your under, but it's a risk I'm willing to take, but something that has certainly burned a lot of people who bet totals in the NHL community this year.
6: Jake, we got three more bets on your card tonight, and they're all SOG bets. We love our SOGs here on Prime Time Action, so uh, let's talk about those.
9: The bets have been tough. It's been tough to hit the overs in this series. And like I said too, the games in Carolina, it's so low event, like it's tough for these guys to even hit 20, 25 shots as a team in, in a game. So you got to temper it a little bit, but you can get some good plus money. I think that's what I'm really liking about it. And I particularly like some Canes players at home. They were able to generate quite a bit in game five on home ice. I like Tebu Teravainen a lot. He's a power play guy. Uh, You're going to get plus money for him around plus 115, plus 120 for over two and a half shots. Vincent Trocek is another guy that's, he's an all situations player for the Carolina Hurricanes. He plays on the penalty kill, the power play. He's in the top six as well. I'd expect him to get up around 19 to 20 minutes tonight, assuming the game ends in regulation. And you can get around plus 140 to plus 150 for his shot prop. I think that that's a good value play. On the Rangers side of the coin, it's been really difficult for them to generate any scoring chances against the Canes in Carolina. But the one player I'm looking at here is Mika Zabanajad. He actually has at least two shots on goal in his last 13 games. Now, we need three to hit the over tonight, but I'm trusting in the fact that he's going to get that extra shot. It's a game seven. I think the Rangers are going to throw everything at the Hurricanes that they have and try to get the offense going a little bit more. And just like Trocek, Zabanajad's an all situations player as well. You're going to get some penalty kill time. Maybe you can sneak a shorthanded shot. He's on the first power play, and he's on the first line as well. So Teravine and Trocek, Zabanajad would be my favorite three SOG Props for
0: tonight. Sock props,
9: love them,
5: Jake. Tomorrow night, Western Conference Finals begins in Colorado. The lanch and the lures. No, no one calls them the lures. No? Uh,
6: I thought I, thought, I, think, I uh, like it. Or, uh, I mean, I like it. it. I would go.
5: Avalanche huge favorites in this series. Minus two fifty favorites in the series. They're minus one seventy five in Game One tomorrow night. I get it. The Avalanche have done it all year. They are many people's pick to win it all. But what we've seen from Connor McDavid this postseason, can you comfortably lay that kind of number on the Lanch?
9: I don't think I can, at least not until I see what this series is going to look like. I do think Colorado is going to win this series, but I don't think it's as easy to say as they're going to win every home game and it's going to be a, a series that's over in four or five games. I think the Oilers are going to have their moments, and I think the Avs are going to have their hands full with Connor McDavid. You mentioned it, McDavid, Drysdale. these guys have been amazing. And if there's one weakness for the Avs that we've seen exploited over the last couple of years is that when you get them pinned in their own zone they are susceptible to giving up goals. They're not like a Carolina or a Tampa Bay that's just getting in those shooting lanes and making it so frustrating. There's some space, and the Blues exploited that a little bit in the second round, so they're going to need to tighten it up or else Edmonton is going to exploit that that space big time. And I think if they get desperate, they're going to double shift Connor McDavid. He's going to be out there for basically half the game, and that could be a nightmare uh, matchup problem for the Colorado Avalanche. So I don't think it's going to be an easy series by any means. I think the Avs deserve to be favorites, but it's a little too steep for my liking going into the series.
6: Jake, when we look at, you know, you still still bet the 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 winner here, right? I mean, Avalanche plus one twenty, lightning two forty, Oilers five fifty, hurricane six fifty, and then the Rangers sitting there at thirteen to one, if you if I gave you a hundred American dollars, and that's American dollars that I'm giving you, okay, like yes, i give you yeah, dollars. so i yeah. a yeah. lot of a lot of money here. I'm giving you a hundred American to bet on this. W- w- where would you put the money? Is it still just on the Avalanche? Are they are they just that much better?
9: I, I would put it on color. I hate to be the chalk guy and, and take the favorite here. I actually have a Tampa Bay Lightning Cup future at twelve to one odds, so I'll be rooting for that one uh, from a personal aspect. But if you were to give me this fictional hundred American dollars. I'm I'm putting it on the Colorado Avalanche. I know the odds aren't great, but I think they get through Edmonton and then you're getting plus money in a, a in a cup final matchup where they're going to have home ice no matter who they face. And they're going to be the favorite. So I think you instantly have value in that series. I believe they're going to get through Edmonton. So I think that's actually a, a pretty smart play. And a, a play I'm already thinking about with the the Tampa Cup future as like a look-ahead a hedge type play. But I'm, I'm going to wait and see an approach on that one. See how these series go. Maybe I can get a better number if the Oilers jump out to a lead in that series. Grab a better number on the Colorado Avalanche. But I do think they're looking really strong to exercise some demons and finally win a cup with this group of players.
5: All right, Jake, we got about forty-five seconds left. Conn Smythe is out there as well, obviously, to bet on uh, the avalanche avalanches. Nathan McKinnon is the short shot, plus three twenty. Uh May Cargis is plus four fifty. There you go on the screen. There you go. Connor McDavid, the aforementioned Connor McDavid, five to one. Andre Vasilevsky, tremendous at plus five fifty. And then you see everybody else thereafter, including a uh, at sixteen to one, who has to advance past tonight, obviously. What do you like?
9: But what we do know about this award is despite the fact that you can look at all the numbers you can through a couple of rounds, recency bias really plays into this. So sometimes it just comes down to who has that great Stanley Cup final. So even though you know, we can project it out right now, you can look a little bit further down the board. Like you could look at a Kucherov or you could look at a Vasilevsky. They step up in, in a Stanley Cup final type moment. Those are the guys that are, that are going to take it home. But from the abs ledger, I'd be looking at Kale McCarr. I think he's, he's doing something special from the back end right now. All right, McCarr, plus 450
5: for the Avalanche. Jake, enjoy the game tonight. Game seven doesn't get any better than this. Enjoy it, boys.
9: Thanks for having me.
5: Jake Hahn, everybody, from the Mayo Media Network. Coming back, we'll update all the scores with Ben. We'll talk some golf and fruit baskets on the way. since primetime. action.